Welcome back to the Manufacturing Co-op. I'm your host, Malachi Greb. Today, we have a special guest, a, a fellow controls engineer, John Piller. How's it going? How are you, sir? Doing well, doing Good. well. So, you've been in the space for some time now. Yeah. You, you've you've definitely uh, you know climbed the ladder. You tested out all the ropes. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you got going on. All right. So, uh, I first... Um, got into industry, graduated out of, out of Purdue University with my bachelor's in 2001. Um, I thought I was going to be a electrical contractor. So uh, my first job was with Fisk Electric in Texas, Houston, Texas. And I was uh, the uh, project estimator. And Fisk Electric was eighth largest contractor in the nation um, at the time. We, we had just finished... Enron Field. We were building Enron Tower Two, and uh, then Enron happened. So that that whole debacle. I, I learned all about what it means when a large company uh, makes the mistakes Enron made while we are building a building for them. Uh, so so I lived that life right off the bat. Tropical Storm Allison hit me while I was in Houston, which was was very large. A uh, little Indiana boy didn't know what what we were that close to the Gulf of Mexico at the time, and uh, then 9/11 happened. So uh, my future wife, current girlfriend at that point in time, was in Indianapolis. So I went back to Indy, and I started working with a company called Integrator.com. Um, they built uh, jails. So I, I yeah, real really. So I spent 10 years building jails using machine controls. Uh, they're buildings that hold people. So uh, we started with PLC fives and slick IO, Wonderware screens, uh, moved into Logics platform and using DeviceNet IO all over a building. So I, I lived the pain of DeviceNet uh, over a multi-story, multi, multi-facility uh, building all over, um, and did that for ten years in multiple different fashions. Project engineer. Uh, project designer did consulting work for them after Stanley Tools purchased them, um, and then uh, moved up to. Uh, yeah, that that's really uh, how I came through and and learned how to be a controls engineer. Um, we, my wife and I, decided to move back into South Bend, Northern Indiana, where we were from, um, and took some consult consulting and and continued consulting with the jails that's what i was doing but that was driving all over building jails with them um and then uh i did uh contracting again electrical contracting for a while and then uh professor tapped me and said hey uh his name is professor jacob at uh, purdue and he said um you need to apply for this position and so i spent seven years as a professor with uh purdue um 2019, I got an offer I couldn't refuse to get an itch into the uh, startup world. And I had been playing in the startup world from 2019 until earlier this year, uh, doing machine learning. Uh, we were doing uh, OEE and and whatnot in, in the space for a company called Odin Technologies. I was then working with a company called Liveline uh, technologies, which was really kind of cool. We were using extruders and we were doing optimization. We got uh, some really cool optimization going on with them. Kind of fizzled there. And my last chance, uh, last deal with uh, 
uh, startup was with a company called Alcatraz AI. I was director of field support for that group. Uh, kind of reached back into my jails. Uh, some buddies from that went into biometrics, and so they were doing video visit of uh, face uh, recognition for card access. And I was working with them and and the installation and the systems. So that's a that's a really short blurb of what I've done along the way here, Malachi. Uh, but uh, you know there was a lot going along the way. A lot, lot. I could talk about. I can give you all kinds of jail stories. I can give you all kinds of manufacturing stories, all kinds of extrusion problems. Um, and uh, like I said, you know, 10 years of, of the jails, almost 10 years of teaching, and then now, you know, four or five years worth of startup life. Um, and then, yeah, my own consulting company all along that way. Um, currently, consulting company is still open. Um, I got, I was part of the a uh, big tech layoff of 2023. So I do have a, a manufacturing kind of job right now. I still teach uh, for a university in Germany on, uh, and I use, do on energy studies, uh, a seminar on that uh, once a semester. Nice. What what was it like going through through these transitions? One, I definitely want to dive a little bit more into like the, the controls engineering on, on, on jails and prisons and whatnot. Sure. I mean, I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty interesting line of work that I think most people don't go through. Um, well, like for, for the different career shifts, one, you know, you, you shifted from that and then went over to, you know, teaching and then you went from teaching to, to doing the startup world. Uh, I feel like both of those are fairly big transitions uh, from one another. Uh, can you kind of take us through like what those transitions were like? Yeah. So um, the, the, the going from uh, electrical construction to the, to the, to the jails, that was a lot of the same skill set, right? It's a building. Um, so I was working with the electricians doing all that work. Uh, so, so that wasn't a big stretch, uh, back and forth a couple times, you know, as I, as I moved to locations physically where the job was act, uh, right. available. Teaching was interesting. Uh, that was, that was a big leap, um, learning, what I didn't know, making assumptions across the board. Uh, you know, I started teaching in West Lafayette. I taught for a year there and then transitioned to one of the statewide locations here in South Bend. The wife and a baby was still up here. Um, and when I made that transition, I actually was one of three professors uh, teaching an entire bachelor's degree uh, for electrical engineering technology for Purdue. And so I had over 38 named courses that I had to teach. So I was doing everything from freshman op amps all the way through three phase and motor controls and PLCs that I was hired for originally. Wow. Right. So that was, that was a big stretch of, of learning all that along with how do you teach somebody? Um, that, yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. Um, it, it was, oh, man, that transition was cool. Teaching was fun. I am a teacher at heart. Uh, but the transition into doing machine learning and trying to push the envelope of what we could do and controls, working with uh, startup individuals who, who had no idea that it, it, they literally came to me, Malachi, and said, hey, where do I plug this Ethernet jack into a device that was a 485 network, right? You know, so that was, <laughs> that was where uh, my value came to them of, of working with them in that process. Uh, they were computer science individuals, and I learned a lot from them. And the, and 
a lot about business, honestly. How does how do you get evaluated and, and going through all that? So those transitions were kind of rough, uh, uh-huh. but I made it. And and every time along the way, why did we make choices uh, to to move on to the next project? Right. So I went from Odin to Liveline. Uh, Odin didn't want to do uh, field devices. They figured out hardware was hard. Right. So so it kind of built a lot of my way of thinking about how do you network in a in a manufacturing facility uh, so that you future proof uh, what you're doing. You know, how do you start making it so it's easier for people who aren't in the OT space to to be able to grab your information and and give you value in the cloud Um, and and brought that into Liveline to allow us to. Um, we actually optimized lines from 20 to 50% reduction in scrap. Uh, it wasn't ML. It was just straight optimization. So I don't know. Did that answer your question? I think I tried. I, yeah. I'll try. Yeah, we'll probably, dig, we'll probably dig deeper into all the different things too. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I think transitions are, are important because, you know, I think there's a lot of learning that goes on through transitions. And, and also there's like a lot of decision making that happens during a transition, like why you're shifting, like, and I think it gives a lot of insights to people who are who are navigating their career and like what which direction to go, and why to choose different directions. Sure. Yeah, I think it's definitely definitely interesting going uh, into into the startup world. That that's a that's a whole other whole other world. Um, you you mentioned too about you know just like the connectivity of devices, like that's super important. And we try to do almost everything that we can, like over Ethernet IP or you know, IO link, some type of communication protocol. So that way, you know, it's it's a smart enough device that maybe we're not using the information now, but that we can go back later and, and catch that information. Um, so I think things like that are super important. But as far as uh, taking this back to doing controls on 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 jail sales, like what? Tell me what this is like. So, I I mean, you know how you peel back the curtain and it doesn't sound. You know, once you once you know how it works, you're like, that's it. Um, So, yeah, jails are machines that hold people. Right. Um, So we were using PLC fives back in the day where they are using a control. They're using logics platforms now. Um, There's another group that was a splinter of them. They're using Omron Uh, just but it's it's dry contact. Okay, so you got to learn that there's two types of swing doors the mechanics of how the lock works. Uh, and so you set up a relay to work appropriately with it. If it has a mechanical latch that tells you that it's held back, or do you have to constantly provide power to hold like you, the, the solenoid back yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, more lock than unlock type of situation. Yep, yep. So, so it's, it's not a big deal on that, but then you also know that there's two switches, you know, there's a lock status. It tells you that the bolts there, there's a door position switch tells you it's in the frame. So now, you know, it's locked and secured kind of a deal. So it, gotcha. but you do that a thousand times, right? No. Yeah, right. Cause every door is that, and then yeah. every door has an intercom probably on both sides. Every door probably has a camera pointing to it. So you got to call that camera up. So we were doing, I learned all about how matrix switchers and cameras work. I learned all about intercoms. And back in the day, we were literally using relays clicking. It was old school telephone relay click, oh, wow. right? So there was a relay board that had had the active communication that way. Um, now they're using Ethernet IP uh, inter- intercoms and such. 
So it's switcher faster uh, kind of a deal. IP cameras, it's easier now, but we had we had to write basic programs that push down serial comms to pull up cameras at the right time and, and organize all that. So yeah, it was really wow. cool kind of a system. You Then you have, we call them in controls, e-stop buttons, but we had those exact same buttons as duress buttons on the wall when there was an issue. You know, how do you call that setup kind of a deal? I didn't have to worry about yeah. safety circuits. You know, but still, you had all those possibilities that you had to deal with. Yeah, I'm sure. There, I'm sure there's also like quite a bit of interlocking too, where like you had to open one door and then make sure another door's closed before another door opens or something yep. like that. Like, yep, all that interlock yeah. code, all of that is the same. Yeah, kind of a deal. We, we they call those sally ports. You open one door, it closes. You get to go to the next door, but then you get a sally port override because you got a eight foot ladder, ten foot ladder that's got to come through. Kind of a deal too. So, gotcha. yeah, all that. All that worked in. Awesome. Well, what it so whenever you transitioned from 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 being a teacher to being a uh, to start going to the startup world, yeah. what what was that like? It it was abrupt. Um, it was so August of August of 2019. Um, I was coming back from Germany. I was teaching in Germany for the summer, and Odin gave me an offer. Actually, while I was in Germany, and so. Um, I didn't go back to school. I went straight to work and, and it was in Manhattan, right? So I worked, I was working remote. I knew what zoom was and Slack was before the world learned about it. Right. Um, so I was doing all that, uh, working remote to, to the guys in Manhattan. It was, it wasn't that big of a change because I had a very young group of, uh, we called them forward deployment engineers, but it was, it was the install techs, right. That we were. Um, they were all engineering. We mostly mechanical engineers. Um, we were installing devices that were parasitically pulling data from the, from the line. So Odin's technology wasn't that it was pulling data from the PLC. They would put a secondary device on the line that was also measuring speed, rotation, temperature, whatever you wanted to do, and then punching that up to the cloud. Um, sometimes they were pulling serial data, right? And so that's why I was there to help them figure out what can we get data from? What do we not get data from kind of a deal? So it was cool in that I was teaching fresh out of school individuals how to go do that work. And, and it was a lot like teaching um, and then going and doing experiments. We were, that was my first experience with Siemens right? Because it was all Rockwell, but now I'm all over the place. So I had Siemens processors we were working on. Uh, you got Automation Direct, people don't like to talk about that, but you know that they're out there all over the place too. Uh, and the Rockwell. And, and uh, then it was educational to me because I was learning all these new terms. Um, what does valuation mean? How do you create a SaaS program? What does all that mean? Um, how do you talk to somebody who has a lot of money and wants to give it to you, but we'll give it to you if you can explain to him in five minutes what the ROI is. <laughs> you know, that was a big deal, right? Across the board. Um, so that was cool. In November of 19, uh, they decided the hardware was hard. Uh, the, the venture capitalist said, you know what? That's not making us any money. Just go straight to the cloud. And uh, we had to I had to then pull on my contractor's hat and figure out if I'm going to convince my customers, how much is it going to cost for them to start sending that data to us? 
kind of a deal. So I had to go and, and do all the quick calculations of estimates of what it was going to take. We had 20, we had, we had a great deal of customers that were out there and then we were going to tell them, Hey, we're deprecating this, this hardware that you've had. Um, so you can imagine how that went. Um, and then in, in March of 2020, the world was dying and we were moving on to another, another adventure. So, yeah. Gotcha. So was that, that new venture, was that like you moving on personally, or was that like your, your venture itself he, he moving let, on? They, they let the four deployment individuals go. I actually had, had a new spot to go to. So I moved to a, a, a contractor that wanted uh, to, to do a lot of work, like what you're doing, what, what elite automation does. It's, it's uh, up in Edwardsburg. Uh, so I was helping him start up and do machine automation and, and whatnot across the board. I had a place to go. Um, and then LiveLine came up as an option. So I jumped onto them and, and started doing some really cool work for a year and a half with them. How'd you, how did you like the, the integration side of things? Integration's cool. Yep. I mean, it's, it's fun. Yeah. I am a machine builder and not a manufacturer. I think of myself as a hunter gatherer, not a farmer. So where I am right now is, <laughs> is a new world as manufacturing kind of a deal. Um, gotcha. learning more about how they observe you know, I'm learning a lot of secrets that I wish I would have known as an SI, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of how they, they do work and stuff too. But yeah. also our, our SIs are like, oh, crap, Pillar's here. They, he knows, he knows, you know, uh, <laughs> he yeah. knows how we bid stuff kind of a deal too. So yeah. that was, that's some of my, my value here right now, uh, what I'm doing in this this yeah 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 i think that's definitely like something that would have been like valuable for me because like i i've not worked like directly in a manufacturing facility ever i've always been on the the system integration side of things I mean, i've spent months inside of manufacturing facilities yeah. at a time but uh you know most time that's support that's still it's a whole nother uh you know lens of, of looking at it you're not in the internal meetings talking about you know downtime of this machine and what you know what does their roi look like and what are the things that are like really important to them yep. and uh you know like so being able to experience like being firsthand like on the manufacturing floor and especially if you're if you're dealing with the any equipment side of things so now you're having direct involvement with the the customer side of of the system integration yeah it's so again i peeled back the curtain and i saw things that i didn't think it worked that way because it you know it's a black box right where you're yeah. standing and so now think uh, for example, to me, it makes perfect sense that you would want everything networked, right? You want, they're okay. asking me in my first week here, they've asked me, um, how, how did this, where's this data and how long did this thing run? And I go, you guys aren't recording that. We're, there's nowhere that that's recording. It's coming up to actually just lights right now. Right. And, <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, okay why wouldn't you have been doing that already? You know, kind of a deal. Yeah. It's, it's not a heavy lift. There's a lot of good bones here at this particular facility. They're a large international company that are all over the place. Um, and then again, where I expected there to be a standard in a large international company, they're individual, I would call them city states, you know, South, South Bend That's has it. their own design. And what's cool is I literally get to design it for them. Um, what, what I've learned is I am the second controls engineer that they've had. And the other guy's been here for 20 years and he's down in Georgia gotcha. for, for, <laughs> for, yeah, for an international manufacturer, right? They're all process wow. engineers. They're all chemists and process engineers. But yeah, so there, there's a, 
some facilities that that have you know no controls engineers, one or two controls engineers, yeah. and other and other facilities that have you know thirty controls engineers. Yeah. So LiveLine is actually a subsidiary of uh, Cooper Standard. Okay. So okay. and and so that's a very large international manufacturer also. And I was not the only controls engineer there. I was one of the controls engineers in the LiveLine division of it. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, they were all over the board. They were able to do a lot of, they were, they were organized for the lack of yeah. a better term. Um, yeah. They were still segregated in, in their own individual spots, but they had, they had a pattern. They had a set standard here where I'm at now. It's just, it's not, it's not there it's, yet. Yeah. And it's yeah. okay. I mean, they've succeeded. They're making money. You know, I can't complain. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. They pay me. Right. But uh, it's just a matter of they've, they're dependent on the local, local controls engineers and local contractors to come in and, and tr they trust. Right. So right. it is a matter of trust. You know how you build that reputation and capability. And now they're at a point where they're thinking, some people are getting a little over trusting, so they they put out a bid for a, a controls engineer, and I I, I stepped up for that. So, um, nice. and and what's cool is, as you know, when you are in a in a neighborhood for a while, I know all the SIs that are here. You know, I walked in and I was like, "Hey, how are you?" You know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna change the world a little bit. It's your calculus moves just a little bit, but I still need them. Um, yeah, I I do not have any software to program PLCs. That's just not a thing. They handed me a machine and it's got Microsoft Office on it. So I'm in the process <laughs> of working on AI. Hey, I'm not a fool. I can uh, have admin access on my laptop kind of a deal. You know, this is a corporate yeah, problem yeah. that I, I have to now work through and talk yeah. to IT that's up in Minnesota, you know, and get yeah, that yeah. process. So I yeah. still need them to do their yeah. job. It's just... I'm going to change a little bit of how it works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we have some, like we have some customers that I would say is like in a very similar position to you. It's, you know, they came in and, uh, you know, they, they have a few controls engineers at all their different facilities throughout the United States. But, uh, you know, they, they hired a pretty high level guy, senior guy to come in and start looking at all their facilities, looking at like all the controls, hardware they have, all their different systems, and start and come in and basically to analyze like what type of things need upgraded, what uh, you know, what's outdated, what makes sense to upgrade. You know, doing all the cost analysis along with that, and uh, you know, I think it's it's important for to, for companies to have somebody in that position to analyze as a corporation or as a company, uh, you know, what is the status of all, all of our equipment and and on a detailed like controls type of level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm starting that conversation, uh, you know, so <clears throat> next week I have uh, a call in with the lead IT networking guy and, and the other controls engineer that's been here for a long time. I'm calling those meetings right now, trying to build that, uh, and, and build that, that conversation. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it, I don't believe it was the intent of the plant manager that, oh, I'm just going to have a controls engineer and he's going to be in my house. Hey, like I said, I'm a hunter gatherer, not a farmer. So, you know, I, right. I want to, I want to fix 70 sites, not just one. Right. 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 Absolutely. So you're organically probably going to just end up in that position. That's, that's if, 
if I stay here, that that will be my goal, right? You got to grow that right. that that you know how that is. I I got I got kicked pretty hard here, you know, in the that tech bubble. Director of field support to controls engineer, you know, what I mean, so right. yeah, yeah, you know how it works. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to take different transitions in in life and career anyway. Yeah. You know, take on new opportunities. Yeah, I mean. You, 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 you already went from, from being a contractor, being a controls engineer and shifting over to, to, to being a teacher. I mean, if you can do that shift, you can do about anything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to kind of dive into the edu- education side of things a little bit because like education has been something like that. I, I really want to get involved in, but I know for me personally, two things. One, I, I don't have the time commitment that I, that I would need. And secondly, I just can't bring myself to like, doing things like grading people's homework and, and, and dealing with the, you know, that paperwork side of things. The first thing every, so, so you, you, I, I learned really quick, every homework assignment that I gave a student meant that I was going to have 20 homework assignments myself. Right. So, um, it, Luckily, I worked. I, I worked for the the College of Technology, not the College of Engineering. Right. So, for every uh, every lecture, there was a three hour lab. So the lab is where most of the work got done. Where you, where you would do all those pieces of of actual work and and working with the students. That was fun. Um, that you know, I had a lab that I was pretty sure I knew how it worked. And every semester, a student would be like, "But I'm going to do it this way," and and they're like, what are you doing? How'd you, why'd you do that? Um, okay, cool. And so you would add that to the syllabus, right? You, you put that on the syllabus and say, don't, let's not do this. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a fun deal. Uh, the intent was that I was going to be in West Lafayette. Uh, I ended up moving up to the South Bend statewide space. Uh, so there's 10 statewide locations that are West Lafayette students. I don't know if you knew this. Um, South Bend being one of them. And so my faculty head was in West Lafayette. So my students were Boilermakers. It's just they were down there. We have an IU, IU South Bend, which are Titans, not Hoosiers, right? That, that kind of a deal across the board. Um, and so the, the goal was that they were going to have me replace my entire graduate committee. So I had three professors for my graduate committee. One was focused on three-phase motors. One was focused on three-phase and uh, uh, standards and one that was focused on controls. And they replaced all three of them with me, you know. Uh, but a opening came up in South Bend and uh, I looked at the department head and I said, I still have a wife and a house and a brand new baby in South Bend. Um, I spent a year down here in Lafayette. I'd move my life but wouldn't it be easier for you to find a Purdue professor who wants to be in West Lafayette than South Bend? There's this other little school up here that has that Irish fetish up here um, that people think of in South Bend. So he saw the sense to it. I did not know I signed up for 32 different courses that I would teach along the way. So that was the killer part, Malachi. You know, doing three-phase, doing motors, doing controls, that was easy. I had to remember how to do op amps. I had to remember how to do all of that work um, and, and, and run those labs. Uh, that, was, that was the fun piece. Uh, obviously, I got lucky uh, that I moved on just before everything had to go online uh, and then ended up, I teach online all the time now for a university in Germany, right? So I'm still doing that process. 
it's it's fun to watch individuals learn the topic and then suddenly get that boom and you see that snap of of how they got it and then you also know you've got some that I'm here. I'm going to get my C. Let's move on and move on to the other classes because they belong. They're getting those snaps in other places, right? Um, it was really cool at South Bend in that I would know a student basically from freshman year all the way through their senior design. I knew pretty much all about these guys, right? Um, a couple of my my, my proud ones are actually there at Flexware. I've got three students at Flexware. I've got three. I've got guys at all over the place. It's really cool. I talk about them all. I got guys at Tesla. I got guys at Honda that are my students, guys and gals, right? All over the place. And and I still keep in touch with them. I know who they are. I know where they're at. It's really cool to have that experience and, and have that outreach. It just builds that network. So, you know, I hear what you're saying about having to grade someone. You don't have to grade them when you know they know what they're doing, right? You You're in that spot. You got to give them a grade. That's the purpose of the of the class, but really it's it's the knowledge passing and and seeing that multiplex of my knowledge. You know, there are things that are happening in this world that I would have never touched, but because you know I said something to that student, they are doing that work today. You know, um, think about those teachers that you have, and I'm not saying that I was good at it. I'm not saying I was a great teacher, but I'm saying. There's something that those people are doing that I gave to them. And that's really cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say definitely for myself, like I'm, I'm for sure a teacher at heart. I notice like anytime I'm doing something or working with somebody, I want, I want to like, you know, share my knowledge and spread my knowledge and the, the teaching aspect of things is something I've, I've always been really excited about. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the, it's the, uh, it's the extra like teacher work that comes along with it. That'd be challenging for me. Yeah. I mean, you, you find solutions to that, right? That's what we do. We're engineers. You find the solution to those pieces, right? So, um, you, you develop the labs across the board and you make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So what do you, what do you kind of see for your future? The future is, is that's a good question. Um, I, I am excited for where I am. I've got uh, a couple guys on the engineering team. All, all of them are less than five years out of school. Um, they are excited and eager to learn about controls. So I'm teaching again here in this team. I'm learning now new things about, like I said, manufacturing. How do they think about it versus how did I think about it as an SI? Um, so it's it's always an adventure and moving forward and and just solving and learning those new pieces. Uh, it's new environment, new ideas, new thoughts, new process, and new new conversations that then add to my skill set. Um, so, just keep learning, uh, keep trucking, and uh, yeah, try not to have too many hats on at any given time. That's one of my biggest right. problems. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you find something valuable throughout your career as you shift, shifted around? What has been like one of your key things to success? Being able to step back and see the forest for the trees, right? Ab absolutely. Um, because I'm, I'm an electrical engineer, but 
I had to learn hydraulics, pneumatics, and all of those pieces. And the first thing I did was translating into electronics. Then as a teacher, I can now translate electronics into mechanics and, and being able to extrapolate everything out and learning that E equals I times R is just F equals MA. Once you know that, dude, nothing's hard. Just move on, right? It all fits into that piece. Right. So I guess for, for you, a big thing was like kind of just like what see, see a lot of things for what they are. Can you, can you dive in a little bit deeper into that? So it's system, right? So I, I've got chemical engineers that are here and they say, Hey, I'm process engineers. I'm chemical engineers. I do manufacturing and I don't know any of those electronics things, but I really want to learn them. No, you do know the electronics things. You just didn't think about it. And in the way that perhaps you and I learned as, as, a uh, in our, in our classes, right. How we learned how, um, the electrons flow, but these guys know how water flows. So you, you, you have to see the system and be able to zoom back and then get into the problem, solve the problem, zoom back out, see what it changed and back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I think a big thing is, is like being able to connect the dots and be able to find like how all these different things work together. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nothing's absolutely. new. Nobody is smarter than you. No matter no that you <laughs> have you have a PhD. You just have a PhD right. in what you've been doing. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it is uh, important for people to know like whenever they're like this probably maybe happens like more like mid-career where individuals like maybe start to question like their their expertise or their experience level and you know, especially if you've done any bouncing around at all, if you've moved from like one particular thing to another, it's like, you kind of wonder like, you know, am I an expert at a thing? Um, and, and I think that, you know, every little detail that you learned gave you like a valuable nugget, some extra skill set that like other people actually don't have. Yep. Absolutely. Where can people find you at John? You can find me, um, at J P I L L E R D C.com. Uh, that's my website. Uh, and it's also Genau, G-E-N-A-U dot U-S. Genau is German for I am listening. I'm hearing what you say. So that was what I picked uh, for my controls division of, of J-Pillar Design and Consulting. Thank you for being with us today, John. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too.